3: Back with you. It's our two-weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment, financing needs go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Brandon Vogel is hanging out uh, as we get going in this second hour. And can send emails, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, reminding you to get that subscription now to Magazine and HaleVarsity.com backslash offer is uh, how you do that Uh, i got both pups roaming around Uh, i think the labradoodles had seven gallons of water i don't know if there's more uh or less uh husker hype if we're going to put it in the gallon measurements uh, with the dylan raiola setup but uh man it's been an interesting 24 hours we bring in brandon vogel vogues how we doing good to see you this saturday morning i'm doing well how are you guys we're good, man. Uh, good and uh, excited for a, a weekend of NFL action, and also uh, how things uh, continue to shake out here right before signing day—the final signing day for next week. And wanted to start off with Dylan Raiola and Nebraska uh, sending nine of the ten down to sunny, warm, or warmer Arizona. Uh, your thought on on the the, the continual impression Nebraska is making.
1: Yeah, you can't, you can't say they're not putting in the work. Um, they, they definitely have displayed <clears throat> the importance to, to Dylan uh, in, in their mind and this latest kind of uh, onslaught, I guess, for lack of a better term, only, only backed that up. And, you know, you look at this, I, I look at this, Nebraska's got to be in a in a pretty good spot. Who knows who the actual leader is, but you kind of got, he's been to Nebraska multiple times. You've obviously got the uh, deep and intense family connection to the university. And, you know, at the, the start of a new coaching regime, <clears throat> landing the number one quarterback in the country uh, would certainly be, You'd get a lot of you give it you'd get a lot of positive buzz just based on that. Um, and, you know, players still gotta come in and produce, but if Nebraska were able to land him, um, boy, would that be kind of a, a real shot in the arm, I think, for just Nebraska football brand. Let's let's
2: compare it historically too, Brandon, right. where in the past, now Tommy Frazier wasn't necessarily the number one quarterback in the country, before the option he was, there's no question about that. You fast forward five or so years same with Crouch, right? Like maybe not the best quarterback in the country, but the best option quarterback since then. Would you say Nebraska? I, I don't think Nebraska has landed some sort of like consensus. Surefire, incredibly talented quarterback that everybody was after. I think Nebraska's just kind of gotten some dudes. A few of them have panned out in different ways. Right or, or am I missing somebody? I'm just trying to think back. Last twenty some years, has Nebraska been in the sweepstakes for basically a can't miss guy like that?
1: No, not not at that level of quarterback that I can recall. I mean, honestly, in terms of kind of buzz, <laughs> is Tanner Lee
0: as close as you get? I um, was going to say. I mean, serious. How about a guy that never ended up on campus in Bubba Starling?
1: Bubba Starling. I mean, Maybe. I think. I think the real answer of, of somebody who was very, very close to Nebraska is is Lamar Jackson. And you know, if you talk to Tim Beck, you know, he'll he'll still say they were they thought they had him, um, and it, it kind of fell apart there at, at the at the last second. And goes to Louisville has a great career there. Of course, that's probably as close as they come. But. I'd have to go back and look at what Lamar Jackson was as a as a high school prospect. He was obviously highly rated, but was he, you know, Ryola Manning level, um, which we've seen in these past two classes? Probably not. Uh, Matthew on the stream, thank you, Matthew Harrison yeah, Beck. Harrison Beck, that's, that's
2: pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. And he and he was up there. I, I don't think he was a five star guy though, right? I don't think he was like. I, we have to go back and look at it. He he, he was right
3: there. They they took he him was over highly Mark, touted. They took him over Mark Sanchez. That's the way he, uh, he, he was highly urban, touted.
2: Urban room. But I, I guess my point in, in bringing that up is like, is that really what's been missing? Right? Like do do you need to land that dude at quarterback, which then will attract the off, the the incredible offensive linemen, the incredible running backs, the incredible it's that halo effect that you get from landing that dude.
1: It it could be. I I have a hard time saying it's missing because it's been missing. Um, I've been somebody through our dual Martinez eras, and we were all well aware of kind of the limitations and the mistakes that that came with Taylor and and Adrian at times. But when I look at those, those quarterbacks were, were obviously talented. Um, and I thought they played at a level probably higher than Nebraska achieved as a team. So when I look at that, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, where's the breakdown? Like, yeah, you don't want to fumble that much. And, and the turnovers hurt, but uh, those things are are kind of tough. So, you know, somebody like Ryola, uh, just with his kind of standing in this this 2024 class and his prestige and his links to nebraska i do think you get an effect in nebraska recruiting overall that kind of says okay something's going on here that's that's different than where nebraska has been because we're going to look at this 2023 class they're going to end up right where nebraska has traditionally been in kind of team rankings and that's that's an achievement in my mind
0: brandon if uh, if nine people rolled up to your house trying to sell you on something your reaction would be what <laughs>
1: um <laughs> Go away! <laughs> I, 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 I'm uncomfortable when I, when I get the one out of nowhere visitor. You know the door to door salesman days are, are largely over. But I'd say one, two, three times a year, because I'm pretty much home um, all the time. Uh, you get somebody, you hear a doorbell ring at, at noon. It's like, what is this? I uh, wasn't expecting a package, and it's somebody on your front step, ceiling hey have you ever thought about uh gutter guards be like yeah i thought about it a lot uh, haven't made the purchase yet so have a nice day see
0: that that doorbell rings yeah. that, that doorbell rings and you hope it's like girl scouts with cookies and then it's always gutter guard people or like some product you don't need and you go damn i wish it was cookies every time
3: you, you hope it's someone selling cookies i hope it's a nurse from ferris bueller's day off but i guess we just think
0: <laughs> <different>.
3: <laughs> but, i'll uh, be right back googling <laughs> <you not> Call. <laughs> Bogues, you did a great story and feature uh, in the latest Hale Varsity magazine issue. We have it here for folks to see on the stream, get the subscription. But you touch on on, on Satterfield and – yeah, th- there we go. Thank you. That's the- she looks kind of <laughs> crazy, man. I don't, I don't know about her. Uh-huh. About that. Uh, crazy is okay sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in Satterfield and, and his offense. And then, all right, let's apply that here as we continue to talk Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Raiola. Currently, you have a, a, a room full of quarterbacks here and now. Future is Raiola. But let's talk about that application for 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 the room now and then for for maybe raiola here with satterfield
1: yeah we're kind of looking at that story in the magazine you mentioned at where these both coordinators offense and defense have been at, during their previous coordinator stints compared it a little bit to to nebraska i mean i think the big thing for me with satterfield is he came out right out of the gates first time we got a chance to talk to him talking about we want to run the football um music to a lot of nebraska fans ears but you'll look at his stents, uh at temple and then at south carolina they weren't that run heavy and I, and I try not to get too caught up in like oh they were only like 45 instead of 55 like everyone's going to kind of fall between those those ranges for the most part unless you're a service academy or minnesota of late mm-hmm. um so th- it's, for me, it's more about running the football effectively, being able to run it when when you need to and want to. Um, and if you do that well enough, well, you might end up with more pass attempts. You know, I saw something, I can't remember from where, it was from one of the stats people on Twitter, noted that last year I think South Carolina was top 10 in terms of percentage of passes thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage, which is interesting when you consider you know Spencer Rattler has, has always had kind of all the arm talent in the world. Um, so that was, you know, a, a little bit more something you associate. I associate, I think most people right now associate more with the spread, but think back to kind of the Callahan years, uh, Marlon Lucky catching 75 balls in a season. Uh, it can be a part of the pro style offense too. Um, Nebraska's in a good spot in that, you know, Casey Thompson's coming off of surgery. But super experienced quarterback. You also got Jeff Sims in the mix now, who, who's played a ton of football. So I think they're good there. The thing that Nebraska and South Carolina's offense in 2022 shared was they were both kind of explosiveness over efficiency, which if, you know, you, the world is your oyster and you can choose one, I think you choose efficiency. But I think Satterfield, with what North South Carolina did last season, comes to a Nebraska offense that has some of those same capabilities in terms of big plays.
2: Trev Alberts this week on uh, his radio show alluded to it. I didn't, I didn't read, read into it too much or, or, or listen to it myself, but just, you know, um, haven't seen the quotes mentioned the spring game and just saying it's going to be football. Are we to read into that, that it's not going to be modified scoring system, green jerseys all over the place, tagging off on running backs, W- weird punching competitions and like, is it just going to be f- a football game with two teams playing, I don't know, football?
1: I, I, I certainly hope so. That was my, my first reaction. And, and even beyond, you know, the, you're not, we're not, we're not given the defense points for stops. Not that those things aren't important, but nobody can keep up with it. You need a, you need a, a menu of, of how this thing is actually scored. I hope it means that, You know, instead of going through the dance of we don't want to put too much on film in this spring game, it's on Big Ten Network. You know, people are watching. Um, Let's get rid of the paranoia. Let's just let's just go out there and like use that as an actual practice Um, instead of forfeiting one of your fifteen spring practices. um, Like use it. I mean, particularly at the start of a new regime, I think Nebraska could could use that time to to go out and run things and. Whether, whether we see, like, a sliver of what Nebraska wants to be in 2023 or we see a bigger slice, like, we're all going to make too much of it and, and talk about it for the next two months anyway. So go out there and do something that, that feels good for the fans but also helps you accomplish something, I think, from a, from a simple practice perspective.
2: They ran the outside zone. Frank, get out, get out your notepad. Like, <laughs> we got Nebraska scouted now. Like, come on. Oh, they've made four wide receivers. You know, I mean, come on. What are they trying to hide?
0: Yeah. Brandon, while we're talking uh, spring game here, can you give me a, a couple of names you're interested in seeing in that game? And I know it's, it's way too early here. We haven't even gotten reports out of spring practice of who's looking good and, and who might be getting significant play time. But can you give me a, a name or two that is intriguing to you and you want to see on the, on the field for Nebraska this spring?
1: And a prediction who wins, red or white. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm thinking – I mean, I'm I'm interested to see Jeff Sims, and he's going to be a a big part, I think, of the discussion around Nebraska football. Um, Got the chance to watch him a bit at at Georgia Tech and obviously came in as a really highly touted recruit. Interested there. I'm interested in in Ben Scott, the the transfer who probably – I mean, at this point we would assume is, is in, in the mix at center, or maybe he, he ends up some, someplace else. Um, I'm kind of interested also to see, well, two receivers that were on the team, but not, but now they're back in Garcia Castaneda and bets. Um, I think it'll be interesting too, like Garcia Castaneda, you maybe expect to, to hit the ground running a little bit more, or at least I do. Um, bets it'll just be like you, you are away for the game for for nearly a, a year um let's let's see how that pans out so a lot of intrigue on offense for me um i'm probably leaving off a couple of defense guys that i'll i'll regret later but nebraska you know has got like a lot of known kind of known quantities on on that side of the ball
3: Brandon Vogels with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, what do you make of what Rule's done the last couple of days? And, and that's pretty heavy in Missouri uh, and also the Kansas City region. And it's not just the 500-mile radius, but these are really, if we're going to look at the stars next to the names, they're four- and five-star guys. I mean, we're talking – top six, top three, top eight at their respective positions on top of a couple of offensive tackles, defensive linemen, wide receivers. And to your knowledge, what did Rule go after? Did he go after stars or fit? And and to me, he he's always prioritized fit, but just because that fit has now four or five stars next to it, he didn't shine away. I mean, he, he may be a little late or later to the party, but he's still showing up with uh, kids in this region. And and that's kind of music to my ears, Nebraska getting back into Missouri.
1: Yeah. I, I think fit will will kind of forever be where they where they start with things. That said, you know, you come in, you take a new job, all right, we gotta figure out quickly like who's staying from the, the currently committed 2023 class. Who else do we need to go get? who can we get in with and and have a shot at, at signing. Eventually you do that. You also got to kind of like start looking towards, towards 2024. It's a lot all at once. So I think with some of the guys that we've seen offered and where they're from, you know, it's good in my mind because it indicates that Kansas city and St. Louis and really the state of Missouri as a whole, um, this staff, Rule himself, you know, whoever it is, probably a collective effort, is aware of the importance of that region. And, you know, you look through Nebraska's history at some of the great players that have come from the state of Missouri. You got you to gotta get in there. And, and Nebraska's had some success in Kansas City, you know, of barely recently. It, it struggled to kind of crack St. Louis over the past five, six, seven recruiting cycles, I think. Got to get in there. Um, So, overall, when I look at this recruiting plan, you know, Ed Foley is out there who's been to like 300 some schools in Nebraska, it seems. Uh, Matt Rule has, well, they got to Arizona, uh, has set up his like Texas Nebraska outpost, which is also super fascinating. And and now they're getting to kind of the 500 mile radius plus a little bit when you look at Missouri and just some of those more regional recruits. So, I think it's been a, a pretty solid approach to. Knowing what you can get at Nebraska and knowing what you've been able to get in the past.
2: Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio as we talk Nebraska football. Um, and by the way, shout out on the, uh, on the uh, tour, they, they made it to Stella's shout out Bellevue shout out best burger in Nebraska. I know that's controversial, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that. Um, shout out Franco's family. So what do you make of, and you, you alluded to it earlier about Xavier Betts, Isaiah, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, just the wide receiver room as a whole. I talked about it last weekend as just being like, I think it skews towards probable, given the guys that you have added to Marcus Washington and Alante Brown, who I view as sort of your your stabilizers. Your, you know what you're going to get with those guys. You could probably get more from both of them, um, but you're adding five, pretty high profile either they've been super productive already or they are like top 100 with Malachi Coleman Xavier Betts I think it skews towards probable that you're going to get production out of that room right like I I just can't imagine that the wide receiver room is going to be some sort of I don't know detriment to the team
1: no I don't think it's I don't think I don't view it as a detriment at this point um you know Receiver is one of those positions where you can make an impact early. Um, Experience helps continuity between your quarterback and your receiving core helps. Nebraska doesn't totally check that box. When I look at that group, I see a lot of potential. I think what you're, the the question I can't answer right now is kind of like, who's your top fly guy? Who's the guy when it's third and nine and you're like, okay, we just, we're going to try and go there. Um, You know, Based on their usage last year, I guess Marcus Washington kind of holds that title until we actually get into practice and yeah. stuff like that and see what, what happens in the off season. That's kind of the piece there where I'm like, okay, who's going to fill that role? And I think that makes it intriguing for, for some of those younger prospects who are coming in, um, you know, like a Malachi Coleman. You know, but He doesn't have to, I think, be that kind of player, but there's, there's potential there. Um, for just that that receiver who you can count on to win one-on-one more often than not. That's kind of the one missing piece, but I think they've got a lot of options to... Somebody can develop into that role, and they've got a lot of options to choose from.
0: Brandon, in in an ideal world, do you think that Matt Rule wants to be starting freshmen on this team next season in order to get them some some experience and, you know, set up the future? Do you think in an ideal world he wants to let those guys sit and develop and get ready? Because there's two sides to that coin. One is that, yeah, whenever you put freshmen in, they're going to make freshman mistakes. But on the other hand, getting them some experience is going to help you two, three years down the road.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he has to do that. Uh, you know, with a, with a coaching change, I think you'll always have – if you're a freshman coming in with a, a new coaching staff, you always have a, a couple of, of better percentage points of seeing the field right away. Um, just by, by nature of coaches, look at this. That's a guy I'm going to have for multiple years. You know, Matt rule on, on the bus with the boys podcast said, that's what they chose to do essentially at temple. Like they, they kind of ripped the bandaid off, played a ton of freshmen right away. Um, went two and 10, I think, um, and it was rough, but it paid off, paid off down the line. I don't think you have to go that route at, at Nebraska, though I do expect um, there's a better chance for, for some of those young players, those newcomers, um, even young transfers who are a little bit earlier in their career, to make an impact that maybe is a little bit harder two, three years down the road.
3: Brandon Vogel with us. Voges. what's uh, on the radar for you and Hale Varsity this weekend?
1: yeah i have basketball coverage on on the website of course this weekend we'll see what what pops up uh, recruiting wise there's always seems to be something new going on there and busy preparing our our february issue um we'll hit on women's basketball a little bit more there got the start of softball and baseball so so that's been good uh softball team plays pretty pretty soon actually um so looking forward to getting those things started and other t- other long term projects in terms of uh, terms of football and breaking down this this new era as it continues to unfold.
0: And Vogue, before we get uh-huh. you out of here, I need your uh, your Sunday NFL predictions: Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals. Who you got going to the Super Bowl?
1: I'll go Chiefs, Niners, because I can't. I don't Ooh, a rematch! I don't have anything against against like, the state of Philadelphia, but my, my all, all my in laws are Eagles fans, and I want them to be sad. Wow i think that's it he you wasn't very a, convincing a, absolute, the old Stone cold classic in the 49ers uniforms and eagles has just never worked for me
3: mm, fair enough i i don't like philly fans except for for pastor shike of course but i mean that's my biggest problems philly fan right i mean
1: yeah, yeah, I guess we better be careful if we're if we're all anti-Eagles we might anger anger Matt Rule. Um, well and but, Hey
2: and as a as a uniform guy, what is up with that Eagles green, blue? What it's terrible. Absolutely it is terrible. Strange. Give me give me the
3: black. Give me the black. Yeah. Well, oh, which man.
2: looks terrible with that dark greenish blue. It's that they have the worst uniforms in the NFL.
3: Yep. More fashion NFL next weekend. yeah, Vokes, yeah. take care, bud. Thanks for the time today. That, guys. there he is Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity quick time out we'll hit the home stretch here the weekend edition with Hale Varsity presented by Currency the Iron Horse on the way Gary Sharp up next